GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I'm Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, Sean, the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, everybody? Awesome to have you, as always, Sean. Uh, so, Sean, uh, today we're uh, talking about uh, another more, I don't know, a little bit more serious of an episode? I, I would say it's a more serious episode. It's kind of fits the theme of last week's episode, in all honesty. Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, so this week, we're talking about Homer's Night Out. Sean, when did this episode air? March 25th, 1990. Yeah, so in this episode, uh, Bart takes a photo of Homer partying with a dancer at a bachelor party, which prompts March to send Homer out to apologize to the woman and set a good example for Bart. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty basic plot. I mean... It's yeah, I, I would say so. It's uh, uh, it's a little bit more sitcommy than than later seasons, of course. Uh, but we find that frequently in the first season. But even if it is sitcommy, it's got that Simpsons charm that just makes it flow a little different than a sitcom. That's very true. So I, uh, so I went ahead and did a little bit of research into uh, what was going on in the world on uh, uh, March twenty fifth, nineteen ninety, and I uh, now. This isn't necessarily, like, world news, uh, but I felt it was very relevant to The Simpsons. Are you ready for this? Shoot. So, computer pioneer An Wang died at 70 years old to esophageal cancer uh, the day before this episode uh, was aired. And uh, so, you know, he was a... Wang Laboratories was a computer company founded in 1955 and at its peak in the 1980s had an annual revenue of $3 billion. So it was very well to do. Uh, now, for Simpsons fans, though, they might be aware of An Wang because uh, uh, Martin Prince in the fourth Treehouse of Horror uh, episode, uh, he's glad that Bart was distracting everyone from his shirt, which is Wang Computers. Yeah, which... Is a joke at the fact that Wang is penis. Yes, that's. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's joke. The joke. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. That's the joke. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I saw that uh, An Wang had passed away, and uh, honestly, there there's more stuff going on with communism in the world at this time. But I feel like we've touched on that so many times throughout all these episodes that I thought, oh, let's let's mix it up with uh, An Wang's untimely passing from cancer. Sean, what do you have for us? So in pop culture news, right then. Mm-hmm. Gotta ask you a question, Craig. Yeah. Do you love whores? Because I was made to love a whore this year. What? March 23rd, Pretty Woman came out, and the world fell in love with Julia Roberts. Wow! That's where she became the darling for every romantic comedy basically throughout the 90s, which is the Simpsons runtime. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting that this uh, episode coincided with that movie. Yeah. The hooker with the heart of gold pairs up with a stripper. <laughs> oh, man. I This episode's off to a great start. I, oh, yeah. Talking about hookers and wings. Yeah, we're, we're rolling today. <laughs> classy show, let me tell you. I... So the episode starts up, and uh, Marge is, like, brushing her teeth, and Homer uh, gets on the scale, and he's lamenting his weight. Which is 239. Which is not as much as you might think for Homer Simpson? No, it is definitely not as much as you would think. Uh, yeah. 239 mm-hmm. for someone who is about 6'2 yeah. is considered right under obese. Okay. And Homer's a little... Is he around? He's six? a little shorter than that. Oh, okay. So so he he's certainly a little he's overweight. barely but... obese. Yeah. Which, according to this, which yeah. hmm. he does not look that way. No, no. he He's designed to be, you know, pretty pretty husky you know yeah. uh but so so homer's uh uh you know sad about his weight and he's talking about how uh his assistant made a complete ass of himself at this like you know work party and he like you know uh was trying to like you know impress this like girl or something uh in some other part of the company and homer's like laughing he's like oh i think she has a thing for me march haha <laughs> you know like making fun of her and stuff she was in valve maintenance valve maintenance thank you sean I knew one of us would remember <laughs> it. So the the girl in valve maintenance and Eugene Fisk flirted at this party, and apparently Eugene made a fool of himself, according to Homer. I, uh, and so the uh, at the same time, I uh, Bart is looking at a comic book, 
and he's looking through all the ads. And it's funny because, like, I don't remember ads like this in 90s comics. They weren't 90s comics. This was a big thing in, like, basically the Bronze Age of comics in the 70s and in, like, the late, late gold or Silver Age, rather, in, like, the 50s. Okay. Mostly the 50s. You'd see it not in, like, superhero comics, but in things like horror comics, you'd see it a lot. In- oh. So, like, anybody who reads Creepy or Eerie would see those. I gotcha. So the ads that Bart were, were, uh, was looking at and passed up uh, is a muscle-building ad, which is kind of a cliche thing from those uh, uh, old, you know, old-timey comics. X-Ray Specs a hypno coin, and then a spy camera that apparently the CIA uses, which I think not maybe not every one of those items, but quite a few of them were a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, the economy was awesome back then. Apparently. I guess so. I well, then again, I suppose if it if it was like a fifties comic, maybe it makes more sense that it was a dollar ninety nine. No, it would have been cheaper. It would have been way cheaper. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, the one is a camera, though. I, I mean, back then, I was buying G.I. Joe's for only about a dollar a piece. Yeah, that's true. I remember legitimately getting G.I. Joe's for a dollar a piece. Yeah, that was a great time. I know, right? I had so many Joe's. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, so, I, uh, you know, Bart, like, you know, falls in love with this spy camera and sends away for it. Months go by. And uh, so history repeats itself, and Homer's once again in the bathroom. He's on the scale. He once again is upset about his weight and decides he should start working out. And then he immediately gives up when Marge is like, well, don't strain yourself, Homer. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bet you're right, Marge. Yeah, he does a very minimal exercise. <laughs> he, he really just does, like, a weird twisting thing. It's not even like he's stretched. Like, I don't know what he expected to, like, get out of that exercise. I don't know, but what's funny is when I get bored at work, I will sometimes do that just out of boredom. I'm just like, <laughs> 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 Where you just twist your upper body, and it's, I mean, you're not, it's not really working out, I don't think. It's just being bored. <laughs> now, I'm not a... A phys- or, uh, I, I'm not a, a physical trainer or anything, but like I can't imagine that that's a legitimate exercise. That does nothing. Nothing at all. No, no. So uh, the, uh, it, it turns out that Homer's supervisor, Eugene Fisk, who just six months ago was his assistant, uh, is apparently getting married to the girl from Valve Maintenance. And Marge, like, calls him out, and she's like, oh, wasn't that your assistant? And Homer's ex, uh, Homer says, uh, what is this, the Spanish Exposition? Which is a great line from Castellaneta. Nobody expects the Spanish Exposition. Uh, so you skipped over one of my favorite details of this entire episode, actually. Oh, yeah? The first time we see Homer on the scale, and he talks about Eugene making an ass of himself at the party. Uh-huh. He tells Marge, oh, I think she's got the hots for me, Marge. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. Which is kind of a husbandly thing to do, to joke around with your significant other and be like, oh, yeah, they like me. I'm the sexiest guy ever. You're lucky. <laughs> At least if you're as cocky as I am. <laughs> but um, uh, it shows Homer's level of appreciation for women at the start of this episode. Because they're kind of objects that are, hey... She thinks I'm sexy. All women think I'm sexy. I'm the sexiest guy there is. Yeah, that's. I didn't really think about that line in that capacity. Uh, it, it does kind of, uh, you know, it's not really looking at the the girl from Valve Maintenance, you know, like she's really much of a person if it's just like, oh, yeah, she's got the hots for me. And because there's, I can't imagine she has the hots for Homer. It's no. not very likely. In later episodes, we see that Homer gets, like, candy stuck to his back. He leaves, like, coat hangers in his clothing. Like, Homer makes a complete fool of himself pretty frequently, and he kind of gets made fun of a lot at work. I, uh, But that's, of course, later in the series. I, uh, So, I... Uh, I mean, so here's, here's something that, that I kind of want to uh, talk about, too, is Eugene Fisk was an assistant to Homer. When has Homer ever had an assistant as the safety inspector? Apparently, until they realized he needed a supervisor who's better than him. <laughs> Fair enough. So they, so this guy went from the assistant of a safety inspector to the same level as Homer to a supervisor within six months. That's incredibly impressive. Eugene Fisk is a great worker. Well, I mean, the power plant employees do whatever the story needs them to do. Because... 
obviously there's women working at the power plant if Eugene can marry one who's in valve maintenance. But when Mindy comes on way later on, Burns has sexist hiring policies. That's true. And it's funny because like there are plenty of times background characters are women at the power plant. And uh, uh, in that you know episode later with Mindy, you're right. They uh, they like, apparently there are no women that Burns hires, which makes me wonder like did they eventually all just get fired or did they all leave the place? Because it was a sexist cesspool or and yeah, yeah, I don't know. But Eugene, he's a great guy who does a lot of work <laughs> and we should all respect Eugene and he'll come back a lot in this series. Eugene Fisk is never once seen again in this series. I uh, he apparently decided that he after the the party he's going to be going to, he decided he wanted nothing to do with these people. And maybe he made the right choice. Yeah, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh so so uh so meanwhile though, Bart is uh he gets up because he hears the the male person's there uh and there's a a sexist joke at that point too where he's like oh the female man and uh and, and lisa corrects him with the term female carrier yes female carrier that's right uh bart gets the door opens it and he immediately is like where's my camera where's my spy camera where's my spy camera? and she starts like doing the same thing and like talking over him and she's like for the last six months that's all you've been saying so I guess arguably it could have been longer, but I use that as the time reference for how long it was since uh, he became a supervisor. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe Bart waited a month or so before he started complaining about it. We don't know. Uh, but at least six months. And uh, she gets mad at him, um, like mimics him and mocks him. She's like, where's my spy camera? Where's my spy camera? Here's your spy camera. And hands it to him. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And the door slams. He pulls it out and it takes great pictures i mean six months let's talk about that for a second six months to get a package i am so glad amazon has prime not, <laughs> not, not to pitch amazon prime but i mean two-day shipping is very different from six months yeah I, if i don't get a video game in two days i throw a fit i'll be angry oh I'll yeah legit be angry i throw a hissy fit oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I i throw a tantrum like nobody's business six months i can't even imagine I'd kill my mail carrier. <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> Wait, what? what? Did I say that? <laughs> but so here's the thing, though. I, it, you know, this was like a, a comic book ad, probably from an older comic that Bart had. So it makes you wonder: was like, did somebody like get this mail when the the the, the publishing company for that like comic closed down, and they were just like. Oh man, this kid sent me two dollars. I better go get him find a spy camera. <laughs> they probably have a whole warehouse of them that never sold that they were just sitting on. Yeah, probably. I I actually watched a thing on YouTube about the guy who made homies. Yeah, and it's a weird side thing, but he like now explain for our listeners what homies are because I'm so, fairly familiar. Anyone who doesn't know, homies were a thing that were popular in the early two thousands. You'd find them in vending machines, and they were like little gang member like figurines basically so weird but the guy who made them i think vice was the one who did it they did a documentary on him it's like a seven minute documentary on youtube uh-huh. check it out because he is the most interesting sad story you'll ever see about a guy who owns a vending machine company gets rich loses it all and oh, so i'm sad. sure it's like that where they just have the spy cameras sitting in their <laughs> house just piles of them yeah, probably does this guy have a whole bunch of homies in his, like, apartment? Oh, my God. He's got homies. He's got vending machines, like those little quarter ones you put in to get, like, the little ball caps out. You would think that would be whimsical. Maybe not the homies, but at least the vending, the vending machines. No, it's not whimsical. Imagine a sarcastic guy from Simpsons going around filling vending machines. Oh. Only with a little more, like, New Yorker accent. Mm, that's depressing. I So, I, I, I wanted to touch base on some of the photos that Bart took. So Bart's photos include Homer stretching, Marge shaving her underarms, the roadkill of a squirrel, and his own butt. Which he doesn't take the roadkill of the squirrel until he's told to take nature pics or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Marge gets mad at him. I. Uh, so I uh, in the scene when when Bart's like going to take a picture of his own butt and Lisa's like mom Bart's taking a picture of his butt and like Marge is you know like uh, uh, guilt tripping Bart, uh, she tells the kids to like get dressed because they're gonna go out to eat and they're gonna go to the seafood restaurant. So weird thing about Bart taking a picture of his butt and I actually did some research into this. Oh, if you take nude photographs showing anything too salacious on a camera. Most places will not develop them. 
Ah. They will refuse to give you your photos. Perhaps that's why Bart is Linder in, in the, the photography, photography club. Class. Yeah. Huh. I actually did research into that to find that out because I was wondering, can you take nude photos and do that? No. That's why a lot of like nude photos were taken with Polaroids. Oh. Ah. Which is why Krabappel's got her seductive photo with a Polaroid later on. We'll see. Oh, interesting. That's like season three. Yeah, that's a bit a bit out Ways into the future. In the future. I but I so I so Bart uh, uh, says that he's like you know he's like oh I uh, oh no I'm sorry Marge tells uh, tells the kids you know she's like get dressed you know we're going to the seafood restaurant uh, it's gonna be the four of us and it's funny because Bart at first is like oh seafood like why can't we get a burger and I love the uh, the tone change the uh, uh, oh who is the voice actress for Bart I'm suddenly blanking on her name Nancy Cartwright Nancy Cartwright Nancy Cartwright's delivery in this moment is so weird and kind of unsettling and I don't know why it, it kind of weirded me out but like Bart's like oh man and he goes. Four of us who escaped. And it's like just this weird tone Bart uses that I really appreciate. And uh, and she tells him uh, that, you know, Homer's going to a party with his friends. Oddly enough, when I was a little kid and my dad couldn't make it to dinner for whatever reasons, uh-huh. uh, whatever those may have been, I don't know. <laughs> um we would be. I would say that line to my mom. I'd be like, "Who escaped? <laughs> who escaped?" <laughs> so I. Uh, so uh, uh, before this scene, which we didn't touch on, I, I, Marge and Homer are were talking earlier, and I, Homer says, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to be going to a party with my friends, uh, work like the friends from work," and uh, Marge says, uh, "She's like, oh, this isn't a stag party, is it?" And Homer's like. No, no, it's real classy, you know, tea and biscuits and crumpets or whatever. Totally lying to his wife and kind of a sleaze, further showing that Homer doesn't respect women at this point. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's, you know, he doesn't really, I feel like his lie, and this is going to sound weird because I'm not trying to completely defend him because, you know, he is, you know, being kind of crummy. He is lying to his wife. But he's not necessarily, like, outright lying. He's just saying, like, because when she's like, oh, is it a stag party? He goes, no, 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 it's classy. So he doesn't necessarily say it's not a stag party. He just he just sort of, like, kind of, like, it, like, pushes the fact that, like, it's a very, very, like, high-class affair. I would argue that makes it worse. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't tell his wife. He lies to his wife, and he's like, no, 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 honey, there's not going to be naked women there. Never. Why, why would there be? No, he didn't necessarily say that he only said that it was classy and that's vague that's vague and that is hiding the truth that is bad husbandry right there i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it's good husbandry by any stretch of the imagination i just don't think that it's quite so bad as a previous episode we covered Oh, the previous episode, we're we're in the infidelity arc apparently in this because last episode marge had a thing but it's not that bad, but it's still really bad. Oh, it's still bad. You know, you're right. You're right. Don't don't ever tell your significant other, oh, yeah, I'm just going out when you're going to see someone who's a stripper. That's <laughs> right there is advice for anyone who's listening who's ever thought, I'm going to lie about this. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So uh, they go to the Rusty Barnacle, the seafood restaurant, and unbeknownst to Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie are there as well. And I, uh, I, uh, you know, so so he's at the, they're at the rusty barnacle, and I, uh, so Bart is just a real hellraiser in this episode, and I feel like this is one of the episodes that sort of shows that Bart is is a, a real troublemaker, because like in a lot of episodes he's kind of rotten and maniacal, but he isn't just like, like he doesn't really like do stuff like this as often later. I feel like the stuff he does here though is. is- juvenilely rotten. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, for our listeners uh, who are a little unfamiliar with this episode, he asks for squid with no intention of eating it. Uh, He asks for extra tentacles, which means that if they do make him uh, that order, they'd have to use another squid in order to get the extra tentacles. Uh, he then gives a poor rating on the survey card. Which, squid is delicious. I love calamari. Yeah, I really really enjoyed as well. I... and then later he also rearranges a sign that says cod planter to say cold pet rat. Which this is something that I think is very interesting. There's a theory out there that Bart is also as smart as Lisa. 
and it goes off that Bart is way more genius than he lets on. And this is one of those examples. Bart can instantly think of anagrams to mess with things. Anagrams come to his head, and he just makes them up and changes things. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is really impressive that he is that bright. Uh, you know, so, I mean, he absolutely deserves some credit for the 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 quick level of thinking there, the wit. But at the same time, he's being real rotten in this place, all because he wants to have a cheeseburger instead of getting seafood. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, like, Bart's, you know, being a troublemaker. Also, uh, the cod platter was four ninety five. I can't imagine a re- even diners don't sell seafood for four ninety five. That's a good price. That's a good price. I think the last time I got fish and chips, it was like nine bucks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I. Uh, so I, I, you know. Meanwhile, I, the, you know, there's a stag party going on, a bachelor party essentially at this seafood restaurant. Seafood restaurant. Charlie, I want to talk to you about that for a brief moment because I'm pretty sure that if you were to go to Red Lobster, if you were to go to Long John Silver, if you were to go to whatever chain seafood restaurant you can think of, Joe's Crab Shack, I don't know what else is out there. And Bonefish Grill. Bonefish Grill, whatever the case may be. And you walked up and you're like, hey, we kind of want to have a party. And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We have a di- we have a hall. We can absolutely do that. And it's like, okay, so when did, can I bring the stripper in? <laughs> so... <laughs> No stripper related, but I one time went to a work outing where we went to a pizza place that I will not name for reasons. Uh huh. And we were told we were being too loud uh-huh. as a work party, and and we were being really loud. But I can't imagine a bachelor party that is at a place like this. The management would be all over them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like, and who's going to take that like that reservation? Like, hey, can can me, my work friends, the the you know the guy who's getting married, his father, and you know an exotic dancer come in? Maybe they're hurting for cash, and they just are like, oh, party. That's like a huge bill. I guess, cripes. So I, uh, I do appreciate that the dining hall that they're in uh, for the bachelor party is Davy Jones Locker. Oh, I love that it's Davy Jones yeah, Locker. That's, I thought that's that great. was clever. I, uh, which of course is like the resting place for like dead dead pirates and stuff, you know, uh, and ne'er do wells. I uh, everything needs more pirates. That's that's a rule of life. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, everything needs more pirates. I absolutely agree. I mean, can you imagine if Simpsons had a Pirates of Dark Water crossover? I for our listeners out there who remember Pirates of Dark Water, you are the best because <laughs> Pirates of Dark Water was great. All seven of you. I uh, so so like I uh, I uh, like while they're like you know I uh, uh, you know like lamenting the fact that like the father is talking to his son Eugene, Mister Fisk, and he's like, oh, and my boy gave me his own catcher's mitt and stuff, and like you know, and Lenny and Carl uh, are there, and Charlie. First appearance of Carl, actually, in the entire series. And Charlie, too, right? And Charlie, yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk, but he is there. You also, do see him. Lenny's smoking, which is weird to me. Yeah, and they also don't have the right voices. They're not voiced by the the like the, the voices they would have throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, that happens with a lot of characters, though, where they... Early have, on, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, Lenny and Carl are, are very established characters within the next, like, season or so. So, like, you know, it's interesting that, like, at this point, they're just, like, you know, they just threw whatever voices to them. So, there's a background extra who works at the power plant. He's uh-huh. at this party. He'll show up later on in the baseball episode. Uh-huh. He's got crazy hair, and he's dancing with them when... Uh, spoiler, the stripper shows up. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't figured that out yet. Belly dancer, not really a stripper. But yeah, she doesn't really strip, but... But there's this guy with crazy hair who's always in there, and he looks like he's from the Burger King Kids Club. Oh, yeah! I, I hate this character as a background character. <laughs> Every time I see him, he drives me crazy. I think he's like the first person to get a home run at Homer at the bat, but I, I just don't like his design. Is he the one who flips Homer's unconscious body at I that time? I think he's the one who flips him, yeah. That's funny. I'd have to rewatch that, but I, I hate that character. And he shows up here, and I just, I cannot stand his character design. He looks weird and out of place, and he looks like he's from the Burger King Kids Club. He can hang out with Vid Kid all he wants. I don't care. I don't like him. IQ was my favorite. You would like IQ. You <laughs> would. So, uh, so meanwhile, Bart is, uh, uh, you know, he, he gets the, the squid platter, and... Uh, it's uh kind of funny because uh, I I 
because at first when I saw the the platter, I was like, oh, okay, five tentacles. It looks like he didn't get his extra tentacles. But technically, squid have I uh, I. Uh, Let's see. Uh, squid have uh, uh, only two tentacles and eight arms. So technically, with the five uh, tentacles he got on his platter, he did yeah. get extra tentacles. Yeah. He had the order completed. Unless those were arms, in which case, never mind. There's your squid trivia, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so Lenny lets, uh, uh, sit, like, uh, you know, uh, you have Eugene Fisk sitting in his chair with his father right behind him, and Lenny uh, is like, you know, let's like get, bring in the entertainment. And Eugene Fisk has this like goofy smile on his face because his dad's so proud of him; he's so happy. Well, the look is not going to last for very long. Princess Cashmere comes out of the kitchen, where for some reason there's a very angry dishwasher. Yeah, there, there is. That's weird. I noticed that. Yeah, he, he, there's a really angry dishwasher in the back, and maybe he's angry because there's suddenly a stripper just hanging out at the the back room with a belly dancer. Let's call her by her All current right, yeah. profession. She she you know you find out she works for other clubs, which you know are a little bit more seedy. A little more, yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so Princess Cashmere comes out and she starts dancing, and uh, Eugene Fisk and his father look utterly, utterly just distraught. And the father says to his son, "How do I tell you this, my boy? We're in hell. You went to a stag party. Why did you go to a stag party with your coworkers? And like, why did you let them throw the party if you were afraid there was going to be an exotic dancer to show up?" Maybe he didn't know that Lenny and Carl set this up. I mean, maybe, but at the same time, like, I mean, it's just really weird to me that, like, you you came to a bachelor party and you let someone else handle it. You didn't let your father handle it. You you See, maybe his father did handle everything except for this part. Maybe. Maybe this was handled by the friends. Maybe it was a surprise. I, I have no idea for sure, of course. We'll never really it's, know. It's got to be a surprise. I'm assuming the father set this all up, and then Lenny and Carl made it a little more. <laughs> a little more fun, quote unquote. I uh, I just, like, I don't know. Like, it, like it, it's just weird to me that, like, you would have a bachelor party, and this would happen, and you'd be miserable. And that's fine. Like, if you're uncomfortable with it, that's completely understandable. I've teach their own. But at the same time... It's like, wh- like, why are you here? Like, why are why are you with your coworker? Like, why didn't you have a bachelor party with friends? Does Eugene Fisk not have friends? He only has coworkers that he kind of gets along with, and then decided to never ever see again after this party. Maybe Eugene Fisk just really gets attached to friends, and they don't want to be his friend. I mean, he's marrying someone in six months. That's that's very quick to marry someone. You're right. That could be. He 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 clearly has attachment issues and gets too easily attached. I uh, so. The guys get Homer to dance with Princess Cashmere. And uh, so uh, Bart is walking out of the bathroom because he faked being sick to get out of eating the squid. And he hears the party, peeks in, sees Homer on the table dancing with Princess Cashmere, and decides that he needs evidence. So he snaps a picture with his camera. So let me ask you a question about Princess Cashmere. Uh Uh-huh. Because I never noticed this little kid because I had weird feelings when I saw Princess Cashmere. Uh-huh. What is on her arm? Do What's you, on her arm? Do you know what is on her arm? Because I noticed that this time around. No, I don't think never I, noticed. I don't think I caught it. What is it? She's got a little snake arm like bracelet. Oh yeah, I did catch that. Never noticed that before until now. And I've probably seen this episode over a hundred times. I it, it's on a DVD that's called Simpsons Gone Wild. That's like four episodes, but it's the only really good one on it so you ended so up watching it a fair amount i've watched it a fair amount and i've never noticed that until recently interesting i uh yeah i i, I it didn't dawn on me until you brought it up but i do remember seeing that i uh, so the scene ends homer puts some dollar bills into her uh g-string which is the the sort of the strippery kind of part of this because you know i don't think exotic dancers you tip that way like like belly dancers i wouldn't think because I don't think belly dancers usually are dancing with someone. I think they're more dancing for an audience, right? For everybody who knows, I'm shrugging because I have no clue on this subject. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a little. Uh, it's a little unfamiliar to me, honestly. Too, I, I'm not, you know, entirely sure. But I, uh, 
you know, Bart uh, uh, got the photo, and the party's over, and... And we cut to commercial break with Homer saying a great line from Dan Castellaneta. I'm having the greatest time of my life. Which will soon change. <laughs> yes, it will. So, I... I... The, I... I... The scene cuts to the school, and we do see Elbarto on the front of the school. Elbarto is struck again. I... Who could Alberto be? I have no idea, but I wouldn't want to meet him in a, uh, on a dark night. <laughs> uh, so Bart joins the photography club or, or photography class or, or whatever it may it's be. It's the junior photography club. Ah, that's right. And it's run by none other than Sean's favorite character, Martin Prince. <laughs> yep, Martin Prince. And a few nerdy kids that eventually will be shown as side, like background characters. Yeah, who are all those kids? Because the only people I recognize are Martin and Milhouse. Yeah, so you have Martin and Milhouse. And it's funny because like Milhouse isn't really around much until Bart gets the photo and Milhouse like asks for a copy. Yeah, Milhouse is straight from the Butterfinger commercials. For those who don't know, that's where he first appeared. Really? Yep. He appeared in Butterfinger commercials because they wanted to give a friend to Bart to use. And kind of like the Fruity Pebbles commercials where it was Fred and Barney kind of doing zany antics. Interesting. Millhouse and Bart was their concept. Interesting. He's moved on to the show. He's in the show. And he wants a picture. He's friends with Bart. Good, good for, good for Millhouse. Good for uh, young Mr. Van Houten. Uh, So I... Uh, the nerdy kids shown here uh, eventually get replaced with nerds that are a lot more cliche, you know, because uh, these kids are just kids with glasses. You know, they're, that's like the nerdy, quote unquote, kids here. Uh, God, we're both nerdy kids then. Uh, yeah, we are. Well, well I, mean, I mean, we, we are. are but... But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I... Uh, so here's a, uh, some interesting things that I, I would have never caught ever in my life. I had to do some research here. So the one of the kids it, it compares Bart's work to a few other... Uh, photographers. See, I am familiar with this, actually. Really? Because I am a huge fan of one of the photographers he compares to, Diane Arbus. No, I'm not surprised that you're a fan of Diane Arbus. Like, when I when I heard of her work, I thought of you immediately. Yeah, Diane Arbus takes some really weird photos for those who aren't familiar, and basically takes pictures of people who are not the norm. They're not societal norms. Yeah, they're, they're like sort of outsiders, if you will. Yeah, so it'll be like weird drag queens, transgender, um, people who are just odd, homeless people. Carnival performers, like nudists. One of my favorite photos, because it's so unsettling to see, is called Child with a Toy Hand Grenade. Yeah? If you look it up, it's basically a kid who's got a toy hand grenade that looks like it's an actual hand grenade just sitting in public, and it's very weird to see. Oh, weird. So, uh, and it's funny because the, the kid compares uh, 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 Homer to the works of Diane Arbus. <laughs> thus comparing Homer to being like kind of like a, a weirdo or, or someone who's outside the norm. Uh, but he also compares Bart's work of the, the belly dancer in Homer uh, to the work of Helmut Newton who uh, was a photographer for Vogue, whose works were typically very sensual. And, uh, and it's funny because like, I, I, did, I did a search online for Helmut, uh, uh, Helmut's, uh, Helmut Newton's work, and uh, it is very, very sexy. It's very like like tall, uh, attractive dudes in suits with women in like kind of gauzy kind of like uh, 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 dresses and stuff. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's it's very well done. Like I mean, it's you know, it's very like what you would think Vogue magazine would have. There's no nudity, of course, but it's very sexy. You yeah, know? it's sexy. It's high class. It's Vogue. Yeah. So so yeah. So Millhouse pops out and he's like, "Oh, I want a copy of that photo." And like, because all the other kids asked for a copy, and Bart was like, "Ah, no, 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 I'm not going to give out a copy." And he pro uh, Millhouse promises that he'll not give away of the uh, copy of the photo, and like he does the the like you know stick a needle in your eye limerick and adds a bunch of stuff. I uh, eat horse manure pie. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. And then he immediately caves in. One of the like background characters is like, "Hey, I want a copy of that." And Millhouse is like, "Oh, I don't know." And the kid's like, "Come on." And he's like, "Oh, okay." I feel in high school and middle school, that's how things were, though. Like, you have a secret, and you're like, oh, I'll never tell anyone. Next thing you know, everyone in the school knows. That's very true. Uh, I mean, kids, you know, have a hard time keeping secrets. I, uh, uh, they go to the copy machine, which, for the record, uh, it advertises that it costs a nickel, but it ends up being when they go to put the coin in, it's a dime. Hmm. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't catch that. That's weird. Mm. 
I. So it ends up going to Lewis and Richard, which is the name of the kid in the blue uh, jacket with gray hair that I always forget the name of. Oh, I always forget him, too. <laughs> I always forget him. And he, he shows up a little bit in the first couple seasons. And then not much after that. Yeah. Lewis even doesn't show up too much after the first few seasons, although Lewis is at least more often a background character. So what's funny is I was actually watching this episode in public with another coworker recently. Yeah. Because I was taking some more notes. Uh huh. And she said, "Man, a lot of these background characters in this early episode look like they're cast of Peanuts, which they really do look like extras from the Peanuts." Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they modeled a lot of the Peanuts characters after. Uh, or, or not modeled peanuts characters. Not models the Simpsons characters, characters after, after the, the peanuts. peanuts characters. Yes, it wasn't that. that it was not that. Uh, 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 Charles Schultz stole ideas from the Simpsons <laughs> by any stretch. He, he stole the ideas from the Simpsons. Went back in time with his Schultz machine, and that's the history. <laughs> the, the, the Schultz machine. It's a time machine, but only for Charles Schultz. <laughs> only for people whose last name are Schultz. So if someone else has the last name Schultz, you could steal that from him, dig him up, and get it. I must change my name legally and get that machine i think it's a blood thing i think you have to have the name by blood oh that's a that's a good protection against uh people like me i uh, so i uh, i uh, so the the picture ends up getting passed around all around town so like everybody in this small town gets it which is kind of weird that like people are faxing it to each other and stuff it's also weird that it's not that provocative of a photo it's homer dancing with a belly dancer yeah, it's it's real weird that Homer's become like this popular icon because, because of it. Like the guys who get this photo, like one guy gets it at his work and he's like, oh, thanks for the informative memo. Wink, wink. Yeah, it's real weird. That's the guy who gets it by fax. Yeah, which shows the age of this episode because fax machines were magical at the time. They were. And you would think that they don't get used very often. But in the business I'm in, they're actually used very frequently, which is real weird. What's funny is if you um, listen to the commentary for some of these Simpsons episodes uh-huh. that the cast or the cast and the crew have done. Yeah. They talk about how they found fax machines fascinating in the 90s. <laughs> I think it's in actually the next episode where they talk about fax machines. I think it's in episode 11, but they found them amazing, so they tried to put them in as much as they could. Uh, you know what, though? As far as I'm concerned, a fax machine is just a waffle iron with a phone attached to it. <laughs> uh, so uh, so uh, is, this, is this Apu's first appearance? I don't know if it's Pooh's first appearance. Did he show up like very, very f- shortly for a previous episode? I almost feel like he did. He might have. I don't remember that. I should have looked that up, but I didn't. Yeah. So, uh, so he recognizes Homer, and he's like, "Oh, you look familiar." And it's funny because like the picture of Homer and Princess Cashmere is like right behind him, and uh, uh, and Homer's like, "No, no, no, you're getting me compared with, or you're getting me uh, mixed up with Fred Flintstone," which is kind of a funny gag. Like it's, it's you know, I like that gag. Yeah. I mean. The Simpsons are basically the Flintstones modernized, let's be honest. Yeah, basically. So here's something that I kind of wanted to uh, touch base on, though. So one thing that I got to point out, when Apu says that, Homer turns around and he looks at some little kid who also recognizes him. Some little punk on a skateboard. And he goes, do, 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 do. And yeah, Homer's like, uh, duty do to uh, or duty do do to you too. And he's like, man, you customers are weird. <laughs> Which I love that scene. Homer's just so confused. Yeah, he, it's funny because he, he equates all this stuff to like it being a full moon as he drives around town and stuff. But what's what I kind of wanted to touch on in the Quickie Mart is that Homer is recognized by Apu, and Apu says, you look familiar, meaning that he doesn't really know who Homer is. True. But he was in a barbershop quartet with him years before. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Simpsons timeline is very weird. <laughs> You're right, it is. So I, uh, I, uh, so Homer drives uh, across town. When he walks out of the uh, Quickie Mart, uh-huh. there's actually one more very interesting character who recognizes Homer. Yeah. So from a future episode coming up, there will be Homer dealing with a sleazy cable man. And he's one of the people who recognizes Homer outside the Quickie Mart. And he goes, hey, hey, hey. How am I not surprised that the scummy cable guy is the one who uh, is also one who recognized uh, Homer from the picture? I just thought that was really interesting that a character we're not going to see for, I think, a season. I don't remember if that's season two or season three. I think season two. But yeah, he shows up here as just a background extra. Weird. Uh, I wonder if they just like kept like a, a, a collage of characters in their studio and were just like, we're using him. They, they probably did. I, uh, 
So Marge boots Homer out. He gets home and Marge, because Marge has seen the picture at a dance studio, her like aerobics class. And uh, uh, and she like freaks out. And understandably so. It is a picture. At this point, all Marge knows is this is a picture with Homer dancing with some woman like in, in like a, a, you know, a metal bikini. I would assume metal bikinis. Star metal, Wars comes to my mind. Yeah, you know, something like that. I, I'm not sure. Or, or some type of bikini. So I can understand her being very upset. Uh, at this point, though, Homer has not really been that unfaithful. Like, he lied to her for sure. And he danced with a woman, but like he wasn't like like hooking up with her. He wasn't getting emotionally invested with her. After that party, he never saw her again. And it, you know, I it, it's just something weird to me that like Marge in the previous episode had like had a relationship with another man an emotional relationship and almost a physical one that she just decided out of it the last second. And Homer has danced with a woman and Marge boots him out of the house. So it makes me wonder, was this episode written first? Cause a lot of season one is thrown around in weird order. That's not the order they wrote the episodes in. That could be. So maybe this happens way before that. And just the way they aired them because of how it looked after animation came back. So so after this happened, did it prompt Marge to be more more accepting of somebody else because Homer had just like quote unquote bid with someone else? I'm well, assuming that's the head canon that I can make for this to I guess. sum it up. But in reverse, is it something where like Marge is feeling guilty about her infidelity and is sort of like like kind of projecting it onto Homer and is like you've like you know like sullied our family, get the hell out? When really in her heart she's like I totally almost <laughs> did this. That could be. Anybody who's listening out there, voice your opinion on this. What do you think? Do you think this happened first, or do you think Jacques happened first? Yeah, it's it's something I'm kind of curious about. So, I uh, so Homer gets booted out, and he goes to Mo. He, he gets booted out, and Marge says one of my favorite lines she says ever to him. She comes back to the door crying, and she says, "Here," and she throws tissues to Homer and says, "Take these." If there's any soul left in you, you'll need these. And Homer tears up and pulls out one and kind of wipes his eye, you know, the tear out of his eye with it. It's very sitcom-y, but it, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's great. It is a, she I, delivers it great. I appreciate the shot, too, of uh, uh, you know, Homer, with because she throws like a, a suitcase with like, you know, his clothing on, out on the front lawn. And, uh, uh, and it like pops open and there's clothes everywhere. And I like that shot really uh, quite a lot. I... Uh, so I, uh, I uh, Homer goes to Moe's and he's all depressed and Barney in because you know the Homer has no clue what he's gonna do. But and, how can he be depressed? It's ladies' night at the bar and it's the hottest <laughs> ladies' night they've had in months. And it's one lady on the other side of the bar. <laughs> Unescorted ladies drink free is the uh, the the banner. I uh, again playing up the themes of you know women are sex objects, so we give them free drinks so they look pretty. This episode's got a lot of foreshadowing throughout it. It really does. That I, leads to its ending. And I appreciate that about this episode. Yeah, yeah they, they did a good job with all the foreshadowing and stuff. Uh, so Homer is talking with Barney. And Barney is, unlike in the first episode, he has the same, he has the proper color hair now. And uh, Barney tells him that, you know, he's, he's you know, no friend of his is going to be, you know, like sleeping in a motel or something. And he brings him to his place, his apartment, which is arguably worse than a motel. Oh, there's trash everywhere. It's it's it, it's bad. I mean, it is the home of an alcoholic. It's it's sort of like you know, it, it's it's out, very out of like dis, it's out of function and it's very unsynced and you know sloppy. It, it's where you go when the bar's not open. That's basically the point of his apartment. Yeah, pretty much. I. Uh, so there's a, I really like the gag, though, where Homer looks out the window. This is my favorite line in the entire episode. <laughs> I love this part so much. And Homer, Homer looks out and he sees, he's like, oh, somebody left the porch light on at my place. It's that one in the middle. So Barney gets really upset. He's like, oh, I'll take care of this. And he picks up the phone. And I really appreciate, though, the fact that it's like, like, Barney doesn't say a lot. He just walks, you hear him walk away and you hear the dialing of a phone. And then immediately you just hear Barney and he's like, Marge? He's like... You better turn that porch light off. Homer's not made of money. So I got the whole quote here. 
It's, hello, Marge. You left your damn porch light on. Homer's not made of money, you know. Homer grabs the phone. Marge has no clue who it is at first. And then, uh, which is sort of a funny dated thing because now we have cell phones with caller ID and stuff. But caller ID wasn't a thing back then, I don't think. And no, I didn't get my first caller ID till like the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, and then at that point, you know, like Homer's like, he's like, no, 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 don't listen to a Marge. And she's like, oh, it's you and hangs up. And uh, uh, and Homer goes to bed and Barney's like going to go to a party. There's apparently uh, uh, singles like him are really accommodated to. And Barney's really kind of trying to pitch the bachelor life to Homer at this point. Yeah, he's trying to basically say it's over. Come with me. We'll we'll make it better. You'll get your race car bed eventually. Let's go, Homer. Let's go to bachelor life. So I uh, so Homer, I I. It's like he's like, ah, I'm not up to it. And he just lays there listening to music. And it's kind of this weird kind of like maybe not dark, dark scene, but kind of like this sort of like eerie scene where like Homer's just like wide awake, like laying there with music blaring from this party at this like in this pulled out couch on his buddy's apartment. I think it's a great shot because it basically shows Homer thinking like, oh, wow, I did something wrong. This is how my life is going to end up if I keep this way. And because it's a TV show, Homer's going to keep doing bad things because that's how it has to go. Yeah, that's, I mean, that just is going to keep on happening. In fact, he's going to do a lot worse as the series goes on. Uh, much worse than this episode. But, it's, you know, he's still hardly innocent in this episode. Uh, so the next day, Homer is drinking coffee. And it's funny because they animated his coffee mug as one of the coffee pots. Yeah. So it looks like he's just drinking from straight from the pot. And it's like, man, Homer, you you had a rough night. I mean, he was awake all night. He was sitting there listening to the party music. So maybe he is drinking the entire pot of coffee. Yeah, maybe. Cripes. So uh, earlier in the episode, uh, a lot of people started seeing the picture, and Mr. Burns was one of them. And he kind of freaked out that one of his employees would, you know, get caught in this position. So uh, Homer goes into work, and uh, Mr. Burns calls him into his office, and he berates him that he, you know, this is a family power plant, which is funny because he gives his reasoning for it, and it's because fifty percent of all power is used by women. <laughs> A great line, but also a very interesting scene because, one, things you do outside of work can affect your job. Yeah. However, things you do extramaritally like that cannot. Your office could be charged for sexual harassment for what Burns is doing to him. Really? That is sexual harassment to bring up someone's personal sexual life outside. You have to toe a very thin line. That's interesting because I do know that like stuff you do outside of work, like I, I've had uh, uh, in previous jobs, uh, typically it was like younger people, they like lost their job because they like badmouthed the company while they were like, you know, like through social media. And they're like, well, that's not fair. It shouldn't affect you. And it's like, yeah, but like you're representing the company to a certain ex uh, extent. And like if they can see online that you're badmouthing and talking about how terrible it is to work there and stuff. They're not going to put up with you. No, they're not. Which, you know, my mom actually works in social media, so I did a lot of research on this with yeah. her. And yeah, this would technically be construed as sexual harassment from Burns's part because a lot of people would use this to say like, "Oh, I've got a coworker who's a gay couple. I'm going to fire them because I saw pictures of them with someone of the same sex or mm. things like that." So basically, it is sexual harassment and harassment on a level to bring up anyone's personal life. Now, if Homer was saying, oh, the power plant's the worst ever, yeah, Burns could call him in the office, fire him, get rid of him. Yeah. But this, technically, Homer could take him to court, and it could be a whole thing. Well, it gets kind of... But it's also the 90s, so it's... Yeah, that's a little iffier. Uh, it was sort of a, a worse time when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, but... Uh, interestingly, it gets kind of worse because Burns boots Smithers out of the office and tells Homer, and it's sort of not necessarily like in a more harassing sense, like when he was yelling at him, but he tells Homer, he's like, you know, I've been single all my life. The fair sex escapes me. Which Burns has a child that we'll see later on. Yes, he does. We will see that later on. But he certainly has been single most all of his life because he's a rotten, cruel human being. But uh, Burns says, he's like, I like tell me how to be a great lover. And Homer's like, I'm not a party animal. He's like, I, uh, I, I'm, you know, I don't know what to tell you. And he, Burns demands. Yeah, he's like, he Simpson. De he, de as his boss, he demands that he gives him advice on dating. 
And all Homer really says is just like the like the most cliche thing you can get, you know, like buy them flowers, wine them, dine them, stuff like that, which really, I mean, that's sort of just like the general idea of dating in general is just take them out, impress them. Like that's that's the two key factors of dating, because if you're not impressing them as you date them, they're not going to want another date. Yeah. Whether that impressing is with flowers or candy or your humor or or your personality or you your shared interest whatever the case may be but that is really all it is to it and homer gives him the most basic advice and burns is like simplicity itself and he's like now get out of my office and and never tell a soul what you saw here yes. or what transpired here and he also tells homer that he'll always remember the that he gave him that advice which is funny because every episode he forgets homer or homer exists i so I, so Homer after work heads home and like earlier in the episode, Lisa was like telling Bart, she's like, when do you think dad will be home? And like, it's all awkward and weird and stuff. So like Homer slinks in, like he makes slinks. no noise. <laughs> the word. And, I mean, a man sneaking in when his wife was mad, that would be super awkward to live with. Yeah. Yeah. It w- awkward. <laughs> it would, Sean. It would, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Oh. Oh. So I relate to this episode a little too much. <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> so, so Homer goes in, and I, uh, uh, and this is Homer being because I, I, I've been fairly defensive of Homer in this episode because I don't think that it's quite as bad as like the way I originally remembered this episode. But this is a pretty crummy part because Homer goes in and he's like, "Oh, look, Marge, I'm not drinking from the carton," and he's like trying to impress her and chatter up, and, he, and then he breaks down. And he's like, "Come on, Marge, forgive me." And Marge says, like, Homer, you don't even know what you're asking me to forgive, do you? And Homer says, uh, do you have the line exactly? So Homer apologizes because he's hungry. He smells bad and he's tired. <laughs> he he apologizes out of selfishness. And that's, I think, the worst thing Homer does in this episode. I think worse than than lying to his wife, I think worse than dancing with the, the uh, exotic dancer, is him not realizing where he went wrong. Because he certainly went wrong. He lied to his wife, and he danced with another woman. Those are bad things. They, they aren't certainly aren't infidelity to the level of like emotional attachment that Marge had in Life in the Fast Lane. However, the fact that he doesn't realize he did wrong and comes to apologize because he's tired and in in smells bad like and he's hungry like he that, that's terrible he, he doesn't realize he did any wrong at all it's pretty bad homer's we thought he was gonna have this nice introspection when he was staring at the ceiling and no no he learned nothing and Much like anyone does in these scenarios. <laughs> oh, it's so fun to laugh at <clears throat> with you in these episodes, Sean. Anyway, uh, so I, I, so Homer, I, I, you know, ask Marge like what he can do, and Marge tells him like you set a bad example for your son. Like you showed yourself treating a woman as an object. When really Marge should be a little bit more concerned that he lied to her, but whatever. Uh, and she tells Homer that in order to to make things right, that he needs to go set a good example, take Bart and apologize to this woman. And he takes Bart all over town. I have a list of places that he takes Bart. Oh, by all means, to fill us in. So some of the sleazy places he takes Bart are Florence of Arabia. Uh-huh. Burlesque, uh-huh. which is the local burlesque. Uh-huh. Foxy Boxing, where we get somebody who's got the sarcastic guy's voice, who talks about how Homer is, you know, the town's number one single. <laughs> yeah. There's also a mud wrestling place, right? Yeah, Mud City. Mud City. And then we finally end up in the Sapphire Lounge, which is the classiest of these joints. It's, it's <laughs> yes, more it like is. a Vegas lounge singer place. I uh, So I... I I appreciate that in the, the second to last place, I think it's the, the mud wrestling place, one of uh, uh, Homer's lines is, Bart, I said look at the floor, uh, because he's dragging Bart to all these places. And, and thus far, Bart is not being shown that women are not objects, because everywhere he's going, it's, you know, like, you know, foxy boxing and like mud wrestling, strip clubs and stuff. Like, it's, it's you know, it's not really showing that women are not objects. I also whoever thought of Florence of Arabia, bravo on you. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up at the last place and uh they find out that uh 
uh, Princess Cashmere's name, well, it changes a few times. It goes from Princess Cashmere. They then find out her other stage name is April Flowers. And then uh, her fi- they finally fi- meet her, and she's like in a birdcage for this like burlesque show lounge singing place. And uh, what is her na- uh, real name? Her real name is Shauna Tifton. Shauna Tifton. And uh, so... Uh, and she's got Maude Flanders' voice. Yes, she does. I thought that was kind of weird. It throws me off that she's got the same voice as Maude. Yeah, that, that was pretty weird. Uh, and uh, so the guy who's lounge singing... Now, I don't know if you caught this, Sean. Uh, the guy who's lounge singing is the same guy who would later sing Tito Puente's song and Who Shot Mr. Burns. Yep. I totally caught that. Nice, nice. Uh, so the guy's singing a song about how he could love a million girls. Homer goes to talk to this woman, and like he's like, you know, like, hey, can you... He's like, I want to set an example for my boy. Show you're not just an object. Can you tell us about yourself? And she gives very dating at, like, you know, responses. Like, Oh, yeah. She like, tells her turn-ons. Yeah, turn-off is rude... Uh, rude people and the turn-ons are like silk sheets and like a warm fireplace and it's like that's probably not good for the boy to hear but whatever that's fine uh the cage gets raised up homer goes to step out and goes to fall and he's like holding on to it and she's trying to like get him off because she's afraid her boss is gonna get mad at her and so this guy's singing and, and she might kill him at this point oh like, yeah that's he, a he's decent up in the drop. air and she's just kicking at him i think that uh at a quick glance i think i figured it was like to the top of the stage where like the staircase is uh it was only like maybe 10 feet but i think it would have been a good 20 foot drop if the staircase hadn't been there or whatever that's your dnt mindset figuring out the fall damage for uh-huh. that <laughs> that's he homer would have taken like at least a d10 damage that well for, the, the first 10 feet is free so then he would have taken yeah a D10. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and then uh uh he he would have absolutely uh probably died because he he's just a civilian he probably only has one or two hit points probably anywho <laughs> I think this is a good time to uh, talk about uh, Noobs and Dragons, my Dungeons and Dragons podcast that releases every Wednesday at 8 a.m. on the uh, GameZilla Media Network. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) So... So we uh Homer drops and the the lounge singer's like get up fat boy and then Homer stands up and he realizes it's Homer the guy who dances with uh Shauna Tifton uh Princess Cashmere whoever you want to refer to her as I guess if we're not viewing her as an object it's Shauna not yeah Princess Cashmere <clears throat> hmm. anywho uh so Homer like it's like easily impressed or or easily uh, uh, swept up in the fact that like he's he's this hero and he's this great dude because he danced with this random woman. He's a sex symbol for the town. Uh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Why did they make yeah, whatever. So so Springfield's he, a small town and when something happens, it's big. I guess that's true. So I they go like he starts singing again. Homer starts dancing, and all the women start walking up, and he starts kick, you know, doing the kick and everything. Mister Burns is in the crowd with uh, two women. He's like, like gone on a date with who seem like twins. Yeah, and Smithers is there with him, and kind of weird. Is it a double date? I don't know, but that's very weird that Smithers would be dragged on a double date. But I could see it. I mean, I could see him dragged on a double date. I do not see him enjoying that double yes. date. Depending on who the double date is with, unless the two sisters are dating and Smith. Never mind. Anywho, uh... that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> There's my fan fiction for this episode, everybody. Forbidden love is the sweetest love. So, I, uh, so Homer realizes he sees bart and bart's like way to go dad and I th- at this point i don't think it's bart is necessarily like like idolizing him for the treatment of women i think it's just idolizing him because he's like he's everyone loves him he's excited that homer is being like a, like everyone's super excited about homer everybody loves him and he's a ladies man he can pick up all the chicks and Homer realizes what's going on, and he stops the music. Meanwhile, Marge has, because in the the last place, Homer was talking to her on a payphone, and he had, which is another dated reference because that's not a thing anymore. Uh, but uh, but Homer had said he's like, I'm gonna try one more place, and told Marge where it was. And Marge is in the crowd, and but Homer doesn't realize this. He stops everything, and Homer gives a heartfelt speech about how, you know, women aren't just you know, sex symbols and that there, you know, are our mothers, there are, you know, uh, uh, daughters, there are sisters, there are nieces, there are nephews. And then Stubbs <laughs> goes, wait, no, not our nephews, <laughs> which, is <great. laughs> which is a really good line. Uh, and so Homer, Homer appeals to the crowd and says like, you know, he's like, I, you know, like I, rather than being up here with all these random women, I would much rather be with my wife. 
and uh, and Marge comes out on stage and like and everybody in the crowd is swayed by this because people start showing photos of their daughters and their wives. For the record, even if somebody came on stage and I was at like one of these, and somebody said, "Craig, like, do you want to see pictures of my daughter?" I would be like. I'm kind of uncomfortable about seeing pictures of your daughter while I'm at this strip club. I just like it's just something about that that kind of makes me uncomfortable, and I don't like it. That's weird, and I never piece that together. I don't want to see pictures of anyone's daughter or son. Period. I what's the I don't like children, so <laughs> I'll, I'll just straight up say it. I don't like children, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nice things to you because I'm your friend, and I will see them. But I'll go. Oh, okay. That sure cool. is a child. It's Look the, at that human baby. It's the same thing if you'd bragged to me about anything else that I'm just like, oh, cool. You got that for your truck. I'm real interested in that. Now, if you come to me and you start talking video games, I'll be all <laughs> about that. I'll be like, oh, what you get sealed? You got a sealed copy of, you know, Felix the Cat for NES? Sure. Nerd. <laughs> I, so... Uh, so the episode starts wrapping up and Homer gives this heartfelt speech and he wins the crowd over. He successfully passes his charisma check. Good on him. He's, he's, you know, like made everyone turn over a new leaf and they all feel bad. And, and all these places I named earlier are out of business. They're never to open again. gone from Springfield. That's, yeah, not a thing. Uh, and nor will it ever be a thing. Despite margin, some of the other townspeople's best efforts. I, yeah. uh, but I, uh, so the Marge comes out on stage, thanks Homer, and they make up and, and they start kissing. And Bart, like, is like, ah, nobody wants to see my parents kiss, show's over. And the, it's sort of a sitcom y kind of uh, ending. And that's the end of the episode. And I, uh, all in all, it's kind of weird because they, I, I do think that they they do a really good job with the the like the foreshadowing and you know really kind of like you know not really being all that great towards women until like you know later in the episode when Homer kind of makes the speech but even then it's not that Homer's speech is like how do I put it Homer's speech is not necessarily hey women should be treated as equals because they deserve to be treated as equals it's hey don't you feel bad because you know you have a sister and a mother and a a daughter so like you know like what are you doing and it's more of like a guilt trip than it is necessarily like an equality thing in Homer's speech guilt is a way to win people over and he wins people over with guilt he does but like that's I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of this episode because the point of this episode is to gear up for this big lesson on not treating women as objects but it hasn't necessarily got like made a point about not treating women as objects and treating them fairly and equally it's more about the fact that it's just hey you know you have a wife and a child and a like you know or a wife and a daughter and a sister like you know like what are you doing and it's like you know that's not necessarily like like treating like I, that isn't necessarily the path to treating women as equals that's just oh they're like, I have these things and I wouldn't want them to have to be treated as objects. So I shouldn't treat women as objects, which is not equality, right? No, it's more of just a guilt trip to make them all feel bad. Yeah, basically. But so it works. I mean, Homer wins over the crowd and they all leave. Even the lounge singers like, ah, my ma was feeling pretty down the other day. I'm going to give her a call, which I feel like is a, a little bit more of a touching moment, but it's not necessarily touching in the sense of women equality. So much of it is, oh, that guy's going to go make up with his mom. Good for Good him. Good for him. <laughs> so, Sean, what do you think the lasting impact of this episode is? Honestly, it's surprisingly way better than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. I see this episode way more often than I should because I see it when I'm bored at work. <laughs> and it's one of the few episodes I watch at work. So, But it doesn't hold up to the message. You are right. I don't think it gets its message across in the right way. You're absolutely right. It, it is sort of, I, I feel like this is sort of uh, like the lasting impact of this episode is it's sort of another sitcom-y episode where it's like, hey, we have a lesson we're building to. And the lesson in this case just kind of fizzles out. And, you know, like, you know, women are equals to men. Absolutely. But this episode doesn't necessarily show that it, it foreshadows to the point where you think they're going somewhere with it. And then it just kind of plateaus. It's a season one episode. That, that's an expression <laughs> people use for Simpsons. And it, it just it's a season one episode. It's a good episode, but it just doesn't hold up compared to some of the later stuff. Yeah, that's very true. I uh, so. 
Sean, I uh, uh, before we uh, uh, kind of wrap things up today, I did want to uh, talk about how we've kind of had a little bit more of a final uh, finalization on one of our big Patreon perks. Uh, now, they've already been released uh, throughout these episodes, but because we record kind of in advance, uh, this is the first episode we get to talk about it, and that's Dateline. Smartline. 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 Don't go searching on Patreon for Dateline. If you search Dateline, you'll find Chris Hansen arresting predators, probably. Yeah, probably. Actually, he's on Crime Watch now, but yeah, whatever. my Chris Hansen love just <laughs> shines through. So Smartline is our uh, Patreon special. It is a bi-monthly special where we cover... Two topics in a month. Each one's about a half hour. Uh, if you go to www.patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and sign up there, not only are you going to get access to our perk, uh, but a whole lot of other perks from the GameZilla Media Network. Because if you're not familiar with that network, you should really check out GameZillaMedia.com. What kind of perks are they going to get? Oh, shoot. Uh, aside from, you know, uh, access to uh, Patreon-exclusive Discord channels, uh, you're also going to get access to uh, a whole bunch of special features throughout all our other shows, like a behind-the-scenes show from Noobs and Dragons, as well as bonus episodes from, like, Legend of Retro I'm also on, and a whole bunch of other stuff from all our uh, uh, episodes on the our shows on the network. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And uh, otherwise... Is there uh, any final thoughts you had, Sean? I have no more final thoughts. I got my piece out, and I, I honestly thought when you interrupted, we were going to get a belly dancer in here. Where's the belly dancer, Craig? <laughs> well, Sean, uh, I have... Did you, did you not objectify women? Are you, did you learn a lesson? Did this episode teach you a better lesson? I... Uh, did it teach me a better lesson? I don't know that I learned a better lesson when I watched this episode as a kid. I... Uh, and I think the lesson falls short in this, in it's sort of like in in this re- more recent viewing, which is kind of a shame. Uh, so maybe maybe Homer will just mess up next time, and we'll get a better lesson out of it. I just hope we're done with infidelity for a little while. God, I hope so. It's awkward. It's weird. Yeah, I, the infidelity episodes are always a little more awkward. This one less so than the last episode, but it's still fairly awkward. I don't know. Give us a different plot line. Maybe something zany. Maybe some criminals or something. I don't know. I could do something with criminals. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, maybe some kind of Simpsons-esque uh, supervillain will appear. Yeah, I wouldn't get tired of criminals ever. They can do it multiple times in a row. They sure can, Sean. They sure can. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye.